0: Up a poke, a poke, a
1: poke, poke,
2: Yo, welcome to the Crash Course Podcast. Word. You are way too not associated with that entire subculture to speak in such a way.
0: What's the opposite of pro That's not true. Inappropo? Inappropo. <laughs> Inapro- I like that. InaproPro. Sounds like a naprol, which is a, 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 I think that's a heart medication for dogs.
2: I think the word you're actually looking for is
0: inappropriate. In inappropriate. Yes. It
2: sounds like something... The inappropriate
0: like, pro, pro pill. Yeah, that's exactly... Yeah, yeah I was going exactly. to, like, maybe that Zoloft commercial. I don't know. There you go. Anyway. You were All of those things matter. You can grab... <laughs> Do you feel proud? Yes. Yeah, so that's pretty. all we want to know. We're very concerned about your well-being. <sighs> that well-being. Right there. <laughs> I think we can I'm piss them enough, off a little
2: it. bit of more. It's fine. I'm working <laughs> on it.
1: Yeah, Steve's good at it. Probably better than most. <sighs> hey... I'm no slouch. He's right here. Who? Wait, who's right here? I don't see anybody. I'm Did he vanish? Literally
2: on your right here.
1: <laughs> it's true. He is. Literally We're breathing on my down own. each other's necks. That's how we podcast. It's true. We're in a tight space, but you know, yes. hey, whatever. One might, say, one might say intimate. Um, one thing I do want one to might. promote up at the top. Um, I'm going to be representing Crash Cords at Steampunk World's Fair. This coming weekend, as the show airs, which should be technically Thursday, May 15th. we got to have a table? Have a table? No. no. I'm going to be hanging oh. with the Wasties, Eli August, and um, Bar- Baroque and Hungry. So I will be there, handing out business cards and chatting. So if you listen and are going to Steampunk World's Fair, come find me. Um, I will be at
0: their booth. If, if so Just um, put a big sign up that says Episodes 39 and 72. I do want you to Steam Powered Giraffe to promise ah, me that two cent show and if, if they're playing
1: or I could put get, up for the episode numbers where we had guests who were playing at the fair
2: or or yeah, he, you see can he's just,
0: smart he's no, smart no shh
2: get me 63 and 44 you have to promise me to get signed merch if Steam Powered Giraffe's there I could last year they were there but they never walked the floor so I never saw them Get signed
0: merch. If I will there. try if they're around. I need to Jump mentally rewind about, about 15 seconds, but did you just recall two episodes? numbers? Yes, 63 when we had Painless Parker Iron and 44
1: when we had the Wasties. I'm impressed. I had to copy and paste uh, a lot of information when uploading the
0: YouTube oh, videos, okay. so I remember. AKA. You should have a- hid that. You really AKA, should've.
2: he studied for this test. Essentially.
0: <laughs> yes. You know, you wrote it in the back of your hand is what it sounds like. <laughs> Um,
1: So yeah, so I'll be at Steampunk World's Fair Definitely come check that out Also I want to promote our good friend and guest on the podcast Nelson Lugo Is finally that um, wonderful one-man magic show we had been talking about the last time he was on Actually has a hard date It's May 24th at the Tank Theater in Manhattan Go buy tickets, go see him do magic and tell stories It's going to be amazing And likely all three of us, if not at least one of us Will be at that show as well Sounds good um moving on to this week's album choice so this week we are doing dumb found dead by uh uh, which is the artist and his album his latest old boy john this was actually a fan pick um my coworker at my day job that you don't need to know because it's boring uh d he's on my team at the job that i work at uh suggested this he had been supplying me with hip hop music at work when he found out I was a fan of hip hop recommending random songs here and there and at one point he started throwing albums at me one album at a time every 20 minutes I was like enough too much they're starting to hurt so he's like fine I'll post it posted on your website
0: so and he did I feel like you may have had a Freudian slip before when you said um, dumbfound dead by because yes. I, at first I did think that old boy John was the artist and not the album but it's actually because the it's presented. well it's because of the album cover it's presented you know a guy right there in this pretty cool artistic design with a gun to his head which is probably him his own gun to, to his head
2: and it also and it says
0: s- produced by it's almost like it's trying to give off like a movie it says kind of vibe. DFD
2: dumbfounded Dumbfounded or dumbfounded dead. We don't really know the emphasis, though. We're It's one of those before
0: and after things, like in Wheel of Fortune, where the D is shared by the found and the dead. It's pretty cool. Uh, I kind of like it because it's dumbfounded. You're either dumbfounded or you're dumb, found dead. Dumb was found dead. Dumb, comma, found dead.
2: <laughs> and this idea of his choosing his name just is perfect setup for the way he chooses his lyrics. Guy's got away with speaking. Uh... Let's get into it. Well, first off, birthday intro.
0: Not much to say about this, and I I didn't put too much uh, stock into this originally, because it is, after all, the well-known soundbite of Marilyn Monroe singing Happy Birthday to You to JFK. And pretty much just that, with a little bit of... um, There's some static. (laughs) Static (laughs) background. No, static background. uh, Just
2: a little uh, fluff yeah fluff on Effect, top of it I if you will we
0: may return to this at
1: some point, <clears throat> but it though. was it's the intro it's unique that it's spelled birthday which is a common mispronunciation of birthday so playing on that kind of stereotype <clears throat> that certain cultures have of pronouncing that using
0: that in the intro on purpose is interesting to me the kind of thing that your, like, doofus friends say when it's your birthday. Yeah. Do, 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 happy birthday. And, and they punch you, and you know. That.
2: But it also it makes a clear indication of what he likes to do with his words, which is fool around with his rhymes and with his actual, uh, both pronunciation and implement, uh, implementation. Yes. Yes. Of his phrases. Um, and this really does become evident in Clear. It
1: becomes very clear and clear, yes. Yes, track two is called Clear. It's the first actual song we get on the record. Um, It starts with a great backbeat, and once, I mean, as soon as he starts spitting, the the flow of his rhymes are very unique to him. Um, His inflection kind of takes a monotone, but it's
0: how he rhymes that really gets my attention, and what he's saying as well. There is something to note about the backbeat here, because the backbeat is very steady. And I mean this as if it's a bunch of staccatos over and over and over. These little short plucking sounds, persistent throughout the entire track. But the the kind of thing that you almost tune out of after a while, because they're so persistent. So that leaves you focused on him and his words, which is kind of important here, considering what he's saying. But also the way in which he says it his rapping style as if as if you know the backbeat didn't sort of step onto the back burner to uh to highlight him initially his rapping style is very enunciated which is a positive thing for the sake of lyrics which you can't miss but a little bit of a negative for me as far as tonality goes he has a what i would consider a little bit of a flat speaking style um the flow is interesting but the uh the tonality of it the um what's the word, uh, the overall just resonance of his voice can be a little bit flat.
2: But I, for me, that's less of an issue. I do know where you're speaking from. I would say he's, he's along the same lines of other uh, artists we've reviewed here. Uh, when um, Macklemore would get more serious or even Johnny Five from Flowbots, they did not really shift their their vocals too much. It was all about the actual pronunciation, not the not not the range they were throwing into it. And that's something I do like in a lot of my rap and a lot of my hip hop. No, that's true. I, I like it, it does just...
0: highlight the lyrics, and that's I mean, that's what good rap should all be about. What I did like
1: also in this track is that <clears throat> it wasn't just that standard backbeat, but there was also the staccato backbeat that you mentioned. There were computer tones and sound bites that he was using to layer over the, the staccato beat, which
0: gave it a little bit of flair. it was yeah, nothing here and there. Sup- nothing it's nothing super that left out intense, because but... I was trying to really kind of figure out what he was saying at this point. Although I want to say one more thing about his style, uh, his flow. It, it also, it was a little bit reminiscent to me, and I couldn't quite place it. I think, John, you threw out a couple names before as to who we reminded you of. Yeah, Johnny, you know, five, Johnny uh, five, which
2: is one of the two leads on Flowbots, and Macklemore. Oh, well, I Macklemore does does uh, go a little bit heavier on the inflections when he he's really getting heartfelt. Yeah. I mean, the Flowbots, specifically the Flowbots, at first that came to mind, really do have a very matter-factual statement. Whereas for me, I would compare him
1: more to Adam Warrock, um, who's a musician I've mentioned on the podcast before, who's a nerdcore rapper, mostly because both of them have a very pronounced... Um, enunciation of words. They're very specific in how they speak. They're very clear in enunciating the words they say and
0: how they rap, and so I saw similarity in their flow there. I think that's very important. It's it's a plus for me as far as hip-hop goes, sort of a prerequisite almost for me, because I know there's a lot of hip-hop out there where things tend to be slurred, which I know can can go into other flows, other styles here and there, but it's a little bit of a turn-off for me personally, because it takes you away from really listening to what's being said and... You know that makes the music a bit shallow. So I appreciate his, his matter-of-factual straightforwardness.
2: Well, I would say that the actual music itself, like uh, Storm was saying, like Matt was saying, is where the inflection comes in. It's the manipulation of that backbeat that changes how he's speaking. If you get what I'm, you know what I'm getting at. Yeah, no, I, I no, get yeah, it. it. It's, it's, to it's to the stutter name, beats, it's the fu- pullbacks, it's the muffling... It, that's what he. But uses. that could really
0: be argued in this first track here. I think early in this album that they're very they're almost two separate animals.
2: Well, it becomes a trend later on uh, to 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 really vary up the music. No, here, later there, in the
0: album we definitely yeah. do get integration here where his his flow matches that of the music itself. But anyway, um, speaking of the music itself, we we
2: haven't even talked content of this song yet. Well, let's get that up. It's a. On the road, in between the real gutter level of trying to make it and the level of superstardom, this is he—he's speaking of where he's at, which is the way a lot of music starts. A I want to hone in
0: on a couple of your words there. The in between. Because that's one of the initial things i got out of this the the sense of sort of not being the, not being grounded in a particular place almost caught in a haze and i noticed this in one line here when he mentions got my bags packed and my passport I didn't unpack from the last tour now i i've never been on tour personally but i know i've gone through spurts of traveling back and forth and there is an inherent flightiness to that it almost gives you that sensation of who am i what am i doing where is my goal not being grounded and i that was the first lyric that really leapt out to me and it, it starts to um, connect with the overall theme of the song and the album itself
1: well this is also a common thing I've noticed in a lot of musicians that I've spoken to just people I've personally been friends with where you're not exactly famous but you're not exactly unknown either you're in that middle haze where yeah. you, you you have a cult following I
2: guess could be the best way to describe it it's a tra- uh, transition song Yeah. The, the step between you know jay-z stardom and just starting out it's he's this is what he speaks of and it's it's talks about how he kind of is getting a taste for the high life but he he still tends to have a very grounded roots idea in where he came from in this whole album i mean this isn't a self-proclamation of you know i made it f y'all he he still has he still has depth
1: well he's as an artist he's very grounded he's through a good chunk of this album, if not most of it, very much talking about himself and being
0: very personal and open and honest about himself, his career, and where he wants to be. Well, there's also that common hip-hop thread of, of being very self-aware in the fact that he's a musician. It's almost a fourth wall-breaker the second he says, didn't unpack from my last tour. You know, all right, tour, I'm a musician, you get it? You know, the content of a lot of hip-hop music is is very much related with the fact that I am an artist. Yeah. So you know you kind of expect for a little bit of a uh, meta textual album in that regard but um you know I, I i know a lot of it's been done before so i was a little hesitant when i when i was sort of thrust with that uh with that theme as early as track 2 but which is really track 1 technically if you consider the intro but i was open minded at this point at this juncture because of exactly what you said it's not it's nothing self-aggrandizing at this point no um, there's some mo- some lines here that could be a little self-aggrandizing, well, but they're amazement. muted.
2: It's more amazement at getting to this point in his life.
0: Yeah, and also there's some there's a, quite a bit of positive message uh, messaging going on here. Uh, all that talk about your talent is as old as my Macallan. Let's see a lot more action and less talking, Charlie Chaplin. You know the idea that all of rappers just go out there and talk. Oh, I'm the best. I'm the best. Well, prove it. Prove it. So this is yeah, don't clear. You say you are. This, do it. This yeah. this medium that he's in. This 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 in-between world of being on the road says that he's not done with, with honing his craft, which is an important message. Which
1: he also refers to a few times later as well.
2: Well, there's also the line, that GPA don't matter when you're climbing up my ladder. They will stab you with a dagger for your status,
0: do you gather? Like, Well, that's also the idea that, yeah, that's that's a very common thread, I think, that um, throughout hip-hop music, that, well, there's some things that just uh, academic schooling will not be able to teach you, which is art, period. And it's much broader than hip-hop uh, itself. Getting um, a sense of art is yeah. is beyond what school can teach us. It, it's sure. not to say necessarily that school discourages it. They Sometimes they encourage some forms of art and not others, but in the end it really is extraneous. What you do glean from school can be inherent to some extent, but it, it really often doesn't have to be a, have a direct correlation with your art. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And
1: I mean... It, well, I mean, we've seen commercials over the years about how music, f- music classes, and music programs have been totally destroyed in in the school system, especially the public school system. But that's another topic for another
0: time. Yeah, yeah, you guys and, are and a little
2: too in depth into this one. Line. Yeah,
0: this is that's just a little alone. But um, it's it's not so much like he's making any commentary here about the educational he system. Say, he just he's saying just saying he's just don't making how the knock. knock. You are yeah, and it's yeah. also a knock. To, you know, the aU teachers who disbelieved in me. You know, yeah. well look i mean Which honestly is- this track its title is he's making
1: it clear who he is and where he stands yes. even if his situation isn't perfectly clear the idea of clear is let me make it clear for you this is where we're at clear as clear can be and that takes us out of clear so now the next track shotgun um not actually in fact referencing it, the weapon but instead the passenger side of car
0: Um, This was a little darker in tone, but with a twang of hardened romanticism, which is very important considering that this is obviously about the girl, the. So the song on the surface is very much a bumping kind of
1: driving song. It's got this kind of fleeting feel in the beginning. You know, it moves. It's got a great beat. It's kind of your cruising song, if you would. But... But the, lyrically, it starts sounding fle- fleeting, but then builds and actually evolves to something else.
2: Yeah, the first verse is very much... It, it's uh, I was explaining this off-air, that there's parts of relationships you can't remember because it was all just sex and food, sex and food. Because that's all that's on your mind, just the propagation
0: of, you know, happiness. And this is one of the first things that g- grabbed me with this, that it's, it's almost just a series of bullet marks um, on... on instances with girl in question beachside while we sipping a mai tai um girl you ain't no trophy wife why the fuck you want that life i mean it just goes on from one thing to another and it all seems very much that that shallow type of relationship and it didn't initially grab me that this was really the early stage because it struck me as if this was more of like what he you know when you think trophy wife you think that it is the wife of a celebrity. So it would make me think that he's in celebrity hood thus far, which it doesn't seem to be based on the previous track. So chronology was was very much on my mind at this point until I realized, of course, that since he's in the in-between stage here, relationships can be very much independent of your own progress in your career.
1: Well, right, and also this song takes a flow lyrically. You know, the whole first verse is very superficial. The second verse tends to get more chaotic. And then by the third verse, it's actually a realization, which I think is an interesting concept, especially when talking hip hop, there are so many tropey songs about, you know, speaking to hood rats and speaking to people who, you know, these rappers don't consider what their time. And this, this song sounds to start, starts to sound like it's only about a fling, but really grows and gains depth, which is what really I like about it most, is that it, it goes through stages.
2: Yeah, you wait for the third, verse of this song to really really get into it, uh, it it really goes into talking about how this woman he started with and just hitched up you know to, to really enjoy the escapism life to, to really enjoy life to its fullest and to not have a care in the world it, they both evolve at the same time into you know cleaning themselves up I think finding it's... the money to raise a family to get a job do this, do that, and become adults. This is a journey from childhood to adulthood.
0: That's all verse 3. That's only verse 3. But uh, just to go back to what you said about escapism, that makes me want to go back to verse 2, which I think really thickens up the relationship that was, the shallow relationship that was presented in verse 1. Because verse 2 does almost strike me as a bit of escapism, but it also strikes me as the you could say the bottom of the rabbit hole, almost. Yeah. But, but yet there's also something here that I almost want to say is allegorical for a rabbit hole that any relationship might experience because some stuff here is just too over the top. I mean, you know, we flying high like Top guns. She got guns in her Prada bag. Ain't afraid to pop one. Fuck a bad, she's fucking bad. Y'all ever see a cop run Mexico Patron shots? Roleplay at the checkout? Drive through them roadblocks? <laughs> This is not things that average people do. Nay, I say maybe not even things that high rolling, uh, um,
2: hip hop hip
0: hop moguls are doing either. This is Thelma and Louise style. This is you know. Yeah, I I, I want to throw it out that this didn't happen really. I really want to say that. But you don't know that. That's of course a I don't. I don't know that for a fact. Well, it's, it's just not, so out there. That's the whole point. It's it represents that
2: level like you said the bottom of the, the hole. she's
0: shooting 38s rocking heels that's what i'm saying it's our it's got to be allegorical um considering that this is this is the bottom of the rabbit hole it's it's it, it's escapism is the word i want to use for it but i feel like there's almost something more like um not so much escaping from a norm or just living on the edge in general right i think there was a line here about rehab which really left mm-hmm. out. And that actually was not until verse, verse 3, which yep. seemed to be in retrospect at that point, that we were once in rehab. And I think that's the point where it ceases to be allegorical and maybe is a little more literal. Not positive about that, but it's something that's a little more believable for uh, explaining the allegory that was presented so boldly in verse 2.
2: And what, what this whole song sums up is, it's kind of sweet. The way he no, refers it is. to her—that's the as thing. The you build
0: all this up, and it can be a little confusing until you finally get to verse three. And yes, verse three is just dripping with sweetness. It's—it's, it's, you know, there's that line that almost, that almost twisted me around a bit, which is in verse three, and it's "hood chick ain't seen shit," which makes you think the innocent one, which makes made me think initially that this is the early early part of the relationship, the innocent, but it's not. And that's what what you guys uh so so kindly revealed to me earlier on here and I, I think it made a lot of sense. That this is the maturity. She, the idea that she, she hasn't ain't seen, seen, seen any of it. Ain't seen any of the positive things. Ain't seen any of the three of the grounded three kids, two dogs, white picket fence, all of that stuff that that, you know, many people would rather just go well, straight to. Well, well. also it's the idea that not in every relationship when you meet
1: somebody, do you, as a couple, immediately go to, I want to spend the rest of my life with you, I want to raise that family. It depends on the
0: kind of person. And,
1: well, and it depends... Well, and and life, life scenarios. Yes, life like scenarios is the bigger part, Circumstances. I think. And so, you know, you can
0: easily, over the course of a relationship, feel... Not that way at all, and then completely flip based on life experience. Well, for sure it seems that as a celebrity up and coming, he might have been a bit swept away in the uh, in the field, which is understandable. Um, it, it definitely the influence is out there. Or maybe it was just his natural inclination. But obviously, we all grow up, and I think there is a message here behind this that says, in the end, can you really afford to be so flighty for the rest of your life? Yeah, or is there really something for you out there? Exactly. So, um... I think on the on the, the meaning level, uh, honestly, I can barely remember anything about the music in this. I think it was very much just what I said at the beginning. It had a little bit of a darkened tone to it, and it had some romantic elements, but they were they felt like they were grounded in some sort of uh, strife. But that's about it on the musical front. Otherwise, I was just listening and trying to un- unravel this story, which was very intricate. It turned out.
2: Well, you. You do did a good job of going of of explaining the music that I assumed they were going for. Strayfield Romance would fit this to a T. Yeah,
0: and that's what you really need yeah. the backbeat for this kind of content because the 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 meat here is really in lyrics. There's very little sure. actual music exposition. We do get a little bit later in the album, and I I, I was glad when it came. But uh, first, let's um. Let's move on to track four, K Town Voicemails featuring Danny Cho, which is less about. Uh music or lyrics per se, this in effect is just sound bites, um, either com- comedically, uh contrived sound bites or actual sound bites. But I found this part ag- absolutely hilarious as a, an intro to track 5.
1: So this is just two voicemail uh, three voicemails on what you're led to believe is a dumbfounded actual voicemail. Um, it starts with, his voice message, you know, leave a message. Yep. And then we get three different voicemails. One of a friend pleading for him to give, to forget the music for one night and come out and party with him and his friends. It's going to be crazy. Yep. Then the, oh my
2: god, S- Super stalker fan. Second <laughs>
1: one is a super, a super Stalker fan who got his number from a friend of a friend and was freaking out that he was actually leaving him a voicemail. And then the third one was a deep-toned, disrespected either friend or collaborator. Disrespected
0: or embittered were embedded and, and was just offended and, and cold. Offended and cold at the fact that he wasn't being responded to. Yeah. You know? And these things could I mean I found it hilarious because of course there's they're presented very comedically. But at the yeah. same time there there is also there's a, there's a lot of truth behind that, especially as far as any uh any celebrity up and coming Stardom, all of that and can take you away from your your home, and it's not even celebrity. I mean, it's the idea that as humans we
1: drift and and, and weave in life, and it yeah, can take that's you.
0: It is, you, of course, it, you don't it's have a very no human
1: feeling to not be able. You don't call friend A for a very long time, but you
0: talk to friends B and C. Friend A will assume you're singling them out. So, when sometimes it could you can you can't even like slap a reason on it. Yeah. Sometimes it's just the the, the ebbs and flows of time. Yeah. And so that's what this really reflects. And and of course, it, he has a very good reason behind it. And f- and he explains that in track five, 20K Town, which I thought was a very 24. good... Oh, it was a 24K? It's town. 24K. Okay, which means 24 in, carats. It's a
2: double entendre of, yeah, 24 carats yeah. and... And
0: K-Town for Korea. K- K-Town for Korea Town, yeah. right? His home, right? And then here we get 20-carat town, which is where he is at the moment. His life of spinning the big life. But this is the letter. This is the letter back to the aforementioned friends. Right. Which is,
2: it makes it for me, the sweetest song on the album. I really really love this song. So the overarching story behind this album is he talks about the struggles he had
1: early on and the friends who helped lift him up and that he's not going to forget that and he will be back but he's got to go do this thing first. On the broadest spectrum it's this idea that he has a career now and he has to go take that next step. But to take that next step he's got to leave for a while. He's got to go do
0: his thing but he's not going to forget everybody who's gotten him where he is. There's it's, a there's a line here that really leaps out and that's it's a letter to my homies you will never have to owe me. I thought that was that that kind of summed up the song in a way. Yeah. Um but also the I guess the hook that or the the pre-hook as it were this the, this pretty much it's a going away letter which is to say that he's not going to be around. It's just a fact that as a musician you go on tour, you're not there, you're not present. It's you're inevitably going to have to go off and see different people make contacts and he implies here that the ultimate goal in this is really to give th- something back to the the friends he once had that he will return one day that this is not just some kind of uh you know leave screw you guys i'm in a whole new world i'm forgetting about my roots he will be back and <laughs> with with the uh, with the um I guess you could say, with the goods, goods, yes, with the goods to prove it.
2: Well, the hook starts with, I'm bringing gold to me city, who's with me. But what really, really struck me was verse 2, and the lines, Everybody's a statue that froze at their last step. Every weekend is a celebration of the past tense. That was a great line. My brothers with resolutions, my sisters with no excuses, I salute y'all. Let's go and make some moments in the future. I ain't saying I'm Confucius. Well, it's... I'm confused as much as y'all.
0: Another student of life, I'm just studied abroad. Okay, I, I want ta- to I I, I I have so many That
2: whole part is just so full of so it many It is full meanings. of stuff and I want
0: to pick pick this apart like a, like a like a needle here. Well, as a needle. <laughs> Everybody is a statue that froze at their last stop. That first line is is indeed one of the most important lines in this song if not for the album because I think there's many tracks here that deal with the the rumination, I, I, you, you could say, that comes with a person who has bettered themselves, And then looking back at all the other people who, from your point of view, have not bettered themselves. Yep. Whether they de- desire greatness or not is sort of beside the point. But either way, from your standpoint, they look as if they're exactly where you left them. Meanwhile, you're adding zeros to your name. And that seems to be what's going on here. So I'd love just that a statue that froze at their last step, like you come back and up. Oh, well, he's just doing the same thing. And that's got to be the way it, it that's, looks.
2: That's further. Every weekend is a celebration of the past tense.
0: Yeah, that the weekend is the moment that you um, that you actually see your friends, and you have to go through that that rough time because how's it, the how kids, can you? Yeah. How's the family? It it's bound to be a little shallow, which explains you know. The need to leave, I think, and it's that it's it, it's further explained. My brothers
2: with resolutions, my sisters with no excuses. It's like you. He well you're trying. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, that it's not even you're trying. It's
1: those are the people who aren't stagnating. They are. They have resolutions. They have no excuses. They are
2: trying to take that next step. That's why he says, "I salute you." Let's go make some moments in the future, and I really really love that specific line
0: exactly it's more like when I get my stuff together, then we'll do this right you know or when you get your stuff together, then we'll do this right it's it's all about you know sometimes you do need to be in sync in order to work and i I personally can relate to that line uh profoundly um from his standpoint I think this is uh this is a very believable track, more believable I think than many other uh self-proclaiming pedestal hip-hop lyrics this is just i i see where this guy's coming from
2: and then it's it finished up this whole section with another student of life i just studied abroad and i know uh, matt that well, that really, one i think struck you a little hard
1: well i really like that line because it's this idea that you know i'm still learning i'm still studying just because i'm not here doesn't mean i'm not learning this idea that the minute you walk away from a friendship means you know nothing now. You've disappeared. You're done. It's it. And it's not. You're still learning. You're still growing. But you're doing it on your own time in your own place. And this idea that you'll still come back to it, but...
0: Well, that other people might perceive... Like, for instance, just relating it with the previous... Uh, the intro here. The third message. The third message was, what, you think you're famous now? So that there is, like... He might have gotten the implication yeah. that... That's- the f- being famous is is all there is and and to him right to old boy John, let's say use the title here, and uh old boy john has 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 left and considered it dumb, so i it done i guess is the word, but i you could say achieved all there is to achieve but in the but reality that's, obviously that's not true yeah, and in the reality that dumbfounded studied abroad
1: and he's still learning and he's bringing it back, you know he's bringing back this knowledge with him and yeah. he hasn't
0: stopped growing or learning. And of course there's all those, you know, hip hop uh, um one-liners like I will bring, I will put rollies on all your wrists. <laughs> yeah. You know. But it, I'll take yeah. care of my own. That kind yeah. of Yeah, and there's that, that, that kind behind of community all this. mentality
1: that's really clear here in 24K Town is really the base of it is that there's this community, this love between these people.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll just I'll mention I'll throw one more line out here because every single this is one of those um Tracks with every single lyric is very um yeah, very poignant in its way. And uh I'll just leave off on one here. Don't be offended when phone calls go to voicemails. The flight attendant asked me to turn it off. That's real. Yeah. That's beautiful that's beautiful. Yeah. That's absolutely beautiful. I mean, for all the people that think that they're people are just making excuses, sometimes they have legitimate excuses. Yeah. And that's just all you and need to And that's always no.
1: my my like personal experience that I've had is People so quick to say, you're ignoring me. Well, maybe I'm not actively ignoring you. Maybe I'm just so busy that I just don't have the chance. Or some circumstance in my life is stopping me from communicating with you. And it's not a slight on you.
0: Yeah. It's a success on me. Yeah, it's a it's a really a statement of we all go through phases. This phase may seem more aggrandizing than others, but it's just another phase. Phase, exactly. And it's really sweet. Yeah. So that takes us on to Huell Hauser. So the
1: title of the track is actually based on a TV personality who's since passed away Um, the very very beginning of the song is about Huell Hauser but it very quickly goes
0: lyrically in a different direction so the the summation it's not even necessarily about him it's just a rest in peace yeah I had a very hard time connecting this with the um with the lyrical content. But the so lyrical content no, has a meaning unto itself. There's nothing to connect it to, Steve. That's why you have trouble
1: connecting it. There's nothing to connect it to. It's a title because he mentions him, but it's more or less a, f- a freestyle mishmash of moving up, growing up and moving forward and, and expanding your knowledge. He just started it with Coolhauser, so that's what he ended up Yeah, had but why, I, like
0: I must ask, why invoke the name? You remember when we got Huey Newton back yeah. in St. Vincent? That was intertwined in also a fairly subtle way, not so integrated. But well, it did have that crucial moment in the plot. And I was very curious about this. I wasn't able to gain it.
2: It's because it's a minor celebrity. Uh, he had a PBS show, right?
0: A yeah, show. It was show. Yeah. P- L.A. PBS, something that we as East Coasters would not and know. And he says
2: right away, you you repped Cali better than most. He's saying, for all the people that are presented to be, you know, L.A. area... Orange County, what have you. Like, you did better than most. In a sense that you, because you you as a PBS a character, side. you raised you showed, many. No, no, you showed <laughs> a better side than what so many other individuals do here.
0: Yeah, I, I would go, a, I would go, I would take that also with, you know, you rate a, a, a generate, for instance, Mr. Rogers. I, I'm not sure if that's mentioned in this track, but it is mentioned later, I think, um, but, you know, that could be considered an East Coast equivalent. I would undoubtedly say that Mr. Rogers repped uh, the uh, the East Coast community and perhaps also raised a generation of children. So maybe I'm going far with this, but well, then again, I see it. I see well, I it in, think, w- once we get into this, it might right. become apparent. Well,
1: I also think that Kuhlhauser, it's also the references to his past. This is a person from his past, and he's talking about his past very heavily in this song. Yeah, eh,
0: perhaps. Well, let's get into that i i think that on the face of it this is a very much uh the represent song the let me represent because i have a history and the history could be considered some measure of street cred
1: right well yeah it's also talking about growth i mean the
0: first but there's a lot of very uh (laughs) very specific um Stories here, and yes. it it really does go through. Yeah, it's not just growth; it's chronological. I mean, he he cites years here. Yeah, that was o2 ten years ago, and we, he tells everything that
2: happened. Well, we lost one, we lost two. They shot Richard. They got Drew. We lit candles and made shirts. We made sure their moms cool. It's cramming
0: the life story into
2: a can, in a yeah. sense. I'm not saying that. In the talking sense, about his,
0: but it's very no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's it's talking funny.
1: about his evolution and and his life and how it's affected.
2: Where he is. Well, uh, he... From every indication, he did not grow up in the best areas.
0: Yeah, That's my point. Man, street I served bread.
2: fools and filled shoes from sunset to mildew. I walked about, like, 40 blocks through bright
0: reds and dark blues. Grew up on hapido, hot Cheetos, and lots of kilos. Great diet there for a kid. You know, it's... It is it is very blunt, and I think there is probably that, that uh, link with fellow hip-hop artists, where, again, there is that that need to sort of put the street cred in there, um, but, it, you know, it does its duty. You, it, you do sympathize with uh, the hard times kid, and I think it achieves with that. Um, but it also goes a little bit further. It's not just saying that, you know, well, I was from hard times and growth and all that. It's also saying my artistic career has a measure of growth as well. Uh, when I started rhyming and overused the word lyrical, the kind of mistakes that you would imagine middle schoolers to make you know in the in the rapping community or any any garage band you know there 's always those tropes that 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 little kids will continue because they 're not fully formed yet they're not they 're barely even at their formative years and then as as a jump off point for that, he goes into this very interesting bridge where the whole song sort of takes on this stagger. Right here in, in the, um, specifically in the bridge here, I got way better. How'd you fucking stay whack? Damn, that was bad. Damn, that was way back. It's very, stutter very stutter. faulty, right? It's a stutter step. And I think that, in a sense, was another example of rumination. Consider where I was. I think a stutter is a very, very interesting way to portray that.
2: It, it was, it definitely did a great job of breaking up what was going on and and did show he he has changed and i don't know if it was because he was kind of going back to that old school really just starting reading from a paper kind of a look even though he's talking about his evolution in this specific part yeah but it it really did something that i i enjoyed the way even though it was really hard to hear a little bit it was it was what the bridge? Bri-
0: that bridge? It was almost a little too jarring. I disagree. But
2: I liked it for that.
0: I liked it because you know I, I'm going to throw in one little critique uh, as I've had up to this point. The music has had a uh, sort of a sameness to it. I haven't been as is involved in the mixing up into this point on the album, and I thought that this was a very pointed change in overall rhythm, overall flow. It was. It was bold. It was a bold choice in the album, which I think I needed from the musical end. We've had a lot in theme area, but I I haven't had a lot of me, um, musical, you know, uh, shocking moments at this point. This this was that I yeah, needed well, to be. Felt, I needed to be jarred. Well, also because
1: not only was the lyrics halting, but the tone and the beats were halting yeah. as well, which is what made it really stand out so hard.
0: And it's also uh, following through on on the theme continue from the. Uh, from the last track here damn that was bad damn that was way back i got way better how do you fucking stay whack yeah again looking back at your old crew and this this seems to be a little bit more negatively not so much you know the home the homies and the people that he's forgotten but maybe the people that he should forget yeah and that that's always interesting because some people will never change you know some people do never grow up and i feel like that that's in here
1: yeah, definitely. And the frustration is, is, is represented very well and strongly emotionally as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and he, you know, he does this by telling a, a cacophony of stories here. It, it, um,
1: lyrically, this song, uh, I think I enjoy a lot because of the very personal storytelling vibe. But that chorus and bridge work is really what really
0: gets your attention and yeah. really solidifies the song. And it changes up the second time around, but serving the exact same purpose. Mm-hmm. So I really like that echoing because in this case, it's it's the talk of the girls he used to know and how he says, I was telling every girl she's the only one. Again, a very immature mistake to make. Um, but then go right back to the very forceful bridge. Damn, that was cold. Damn, that was old times. The kind of, th- you know, used to fool well, around those that would go the whole nine. The kind of thing that he could never imagine doing in his more, ideally more matured state of mind. Well, I love, that's
1: one of my favorite things in hip-hop is progressive choruses. Choruses that sound the same rhythm-wise, but have different lyrics. Which is it's just changed. why this
0: is considered a bridge, which actually makes me forget what the, uh, what the actual hook was. But um, No, no hook. There was no bridge hook. bridge would be considered the hook yeah. which may be the reason why this song sounded so uh, so awkward in its way yeah. because again, I think it's another state of rumination, sort of mulling it over in your head. There's no real reason to have a hook or to have anything that you're going to come back and chant. It's yeah. just sort of telling the obvious. It can be kind of trudging to experience. So I think it really that was an expert uh, use of sort of uh, abandoning the the hook. Yes. framework. So, I think uh, we're good on this. Yes, yeah. let's move on I to know, our
1: next interlude. I know, Steve wants to talk about this So one. this
0: is PCH <laughs> is the name of you the know, interlude. As much where, as I well, love this, I don't have that much to say on it because it's really just that sound bite that had... Really, really, really killer bass, and yet I, I realize after the fact that I think this is integrated as an introduction, another another soundbite introduction to a track, just as uh, K-Town served to and, 20, uh, 24 K-Town.
1: And I want to say something at this point, because now there's enough of a pattern, because we get another one later, but... Yep. I, t- so typically, personally, on hip-hop records, I have a love-hate relationship with interludes. Sometimes I feel like they break up the flow, they're
0: distracting... They're obnoxious. Sometimes they don't make any sense. Yes, I recall each of your instances in, in bad-mouthing interludes. However, on like this Caramore's album... more ukuleles, which I still say was good.
1: It, it, whereas here, these interludes served a purpose. They were focused. They were precise. And... They were fun and
0: meant something to the track that followed them. They were very focused, and I loved the way in which I sort of experienced them in reverse. Because initially, once you experience them, you're sort of like, hey, alright, this is kinda of cool, you could take it or leave it. And I remember thinking in the back of my sort of putting this in the back of my head, that this particular soundbite, PCH interlude, really had killer bass to it. A bass that really leapt above the album. I mean it, it was it was rumbling. And it was this, um, how to describe it, it was sort of a funk riff. But it was more grounded in like a 90s R&B setting. I immediately thought Biggie Small's uh, Hypnotize. This is what left out to me because I remember that had some really powerful bass to it. And then we jump off to a track called Stereo Jack, which is all about the stereo that was stolen in his car by a crackhead. And then I come to realize that is the stereo that we heard in the previous track.
1: And and, pretty impressive. <laughs> yes, and Stereo Jack is actually featuring another artist who sings the choruses. E H um, W H E N K E E N N Winken is how I'm pronouncing E-win-keen. it. Edwin
2: Keen, Keen. It's two e's. It's got to be e. Anyway,
1: well, it's <laughs> Keen then. But either way, Keen. Um This E-be-keen. song is just a story I mean not just a story but it's a story from beginning to end it's one of the most real tracks
0: on the album where you can actually feel a palpable frustration and anger in the lyrics no I'm not going to say this is one of the only most real tracks on the album this is a very real album no I'm not saying I didn't say only you put it only I said one of the most real tracks on the record because it's
1: straight up a story about how his how his stereo getting stolen ruined him for a long period of time
0: that's Mm. I could flip that another way. Yeah, I can And I assume. see your problem because I think there's also a little bit of a goofiness to this and the fact that he's he's idealizing the stereo, which I can almost understand based on the stereo that I heard in the past. And I was, I was impressed by the mixing quality, which all of a sudden makes me think in retrospect, wow, I really do feel for that stereo. But when you consider the irony here, this is the first track that actually has a melody and it's a gorgeous melody and it's all just... Give me back my stereo, my precious stereo. When you break that down, it's a little silly.
2: It also has uh, a, a great... I I don't know if ir- irony is, is where this is going, but he's going on and on about how much he's upset at this crackhead that stole his 500 gigs of music. And he, he's, he's so upset because this guy's probably enjoying it and everything like that or selling it and getting it... Meanwhile, music is his drug. Well, And he's coming off like a crackhead. Well,
1: yeah, my favorite lyric actually in the whole song. I didn't pick up on that thread. Well, I did because my favorite lyric in the song reflects that. It's what John was about to quote, but I'm quoting it. Music is my crack. Give me my crack
0: back. And he's singing oh, this yeah, I to a right. crack yeah. cl- crackhead. You're right, I that's missed not that. What I was now, now my weed, my, my sneakers, my JBL speakers. Yeah, <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. All right. Say, so I missed that line, but that that that's interesting, and I think that's that's why I have to take this this track with a grain of salt in terms of uh, in terms of it being yes, it's real. Yes, it probably really happened. Yes, it's heartfelt. It makes it achieves it, making me miss his stereo for him as the in, as the uh, the intro or interlude did, intro slash interlude. But at the same time how obsessive he's being at a material object almost defies the fact of the album, I think he's stating this track ironically. I disagree. I think that there's humor in the way he wrote the song
1: as a coping mechanism, but the story is real and that he is actually heartbroken because it's 500 gigs of music. He talks about several iPods, albums he can never get back. And as someone who is so reliant on music in his life and I don't know what I'd do if I lost my iPod or my computer hard drive. Oh,
0: of course. It, that I've, I've made backups to ensure that this would never happen and yet still I need, feel the need to make more backups. It's, it's definitely like every music and so a nightmare. You're, I agree.
1: So I'm, I get what you're saying about satire but I think that... I don't think he's making light of it. I think he's using comedy to cope, which is different.
2: I, I would go... Oh, no, wrong. I'm going a step further than that. Okay. I'm saying he wrote this song... To explain what music means to him. More than anything else.
1: I would agree with that completely. From the All frantic
2: right. nature yeah. of the music, because the music is really... As Steve was going on about triplets. I know it just sounded jagged and shattered and really, you know, not stoner, but frantic, high-end, cosmetic drug style. I mean, it was it was messed
0: up. No, for sure. I think that was specifically in the hook. But I know almost throughout, I think the the... The whole track is in like a a six eight feel, but you have this this sensation of it sort of bouncing back from the the three to the one every single time, or the six to the one. So, da 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 right, and it's just da 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 halty, and again in that state of awkwardness, almost again. I'm going to use this word again because it seems to be coming back. Rumination. It's it's a depressive state that is. No matter what it's grounded in, because we've had it in many earlier themes here. In this case, it's grounded about a material object, but it doesn't really matter. It was an important object. It just, it's just, and it's not you just have important. To play, you have to play around with the fact, though, that he's moved on to material things, and that's the only reason why I'm stating the claim that he invoked this sort of goofy, awkward music. No, no, no. I
2: won't. I won't. I, I, I have an argument against that because it's not just the materialness of the music. It's. Starting at the very beginning of verse 3. Man, girls don't even want to ride in my whip now. The homies kick down gas money with big frowns. Like, it's not just his music. It's an integral part of his life. It was the filler for those awkward sciences and a starting point for conversations. Sure. It represents a lot more than just the material music. I
0: agree, but you don't also think that maybe for that reason, the fact that other... other, Passengers, his friends are coming into here. The fact that they would they would somehow judge him or or feel ashamed because his stereo was suddenly lost. I feel like this got to be you know. No, it's not that they're ashamed. That's self exaggeration. It's
2: they're upset because of, like this major
0: aspect is gone. Well, of course they don't wouldn't deal... be, but this is clearly not the most like. This is ironic, considering again. I I would be just as as uh, as down and out. As he is, but I still think as far as themes on this album go, this is one of the lighter ones.
1: I think the lightness of it is born out of the actual gravity of the original situation.
0: Yes,
2: yes. Well, there's also the finale, the last two lines. I swear this is karma for pirating the music. (laughs) If I just get my stereo back, I'll never do it. And, so, uh, I'll that's re- and so I will agree with
1: Steve that there's definitely a satire overall, yeah. but I think this is to cope with the fact that he is actually truly heartbroken that this happened, and he's created this song to make a little light of it, but actually convey the heartbreaking nature of this actual
0: situation. I agree with that. Great. If we're in agreement, let's move on. <laughs> but I will just say, because I use the word awkward, he does say, every car ride, awkward as fuck. So... Yeah. Maybe that's why the music sounds so halty, but either way, it served its function. I think it's a i think well, it's i think no, it is one of the more is light.
2: So awkward because he does not have his music in his life. he's coping he's trying to find something it's broken it's a part he doesn't have that's exactly that's what soundtrack. I just
0: said yes, it's exactly what I just said not even an iota difference no no you,
2: no it was a little different
0: <laughs> he'll I was just clarifying. he'll just say that over and over again well, I'd like to
1: argue hey, so the next track is track nine.
0: Freedom. So
1: this is Freedom
0: featuring Pigeon John. Freedom, uh, one word, but of course it's free and dumb instead of freedom. So the this word, yeah. So this song,
1: the biggest problem I found with this song was that it was kind of predictable and cliche. It wasn't necessarily bad. This is another one of those situations where we get a song that's not as good as any of this uh, of the songs we've heard previously.
0: So it feels like it falls. A bit short. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. Ready for my thing? Sure. Comes down to this. Previous tracks, I have already commented that his tone can be a little static, but it does serve its purpose in terms of getting those lyrics out. His flow, it's not the most groundbreaking flow I've heard, but it's, it's again really left out in certain instances, as we've cited in previous tracks. This is a case where. Neither are really shining. I don't think there's really a um, there's no flow going on, and there's no uh, inflection really going on. I think it's just a kind of plain in terms of in terms of its presentation.
2: This song is, as Matt said before, uh, the podcast, the laid back baller lifestyle type of song, and I think That's it was true. just too laid back in that respect. I mean. Even the music just seemed a little... Repetitive. No, not repetitive. Because it's going to be a beat that you're going to be
0: singing along to or something like that. You could argue that Simple. you know there's other repetitive backbeats. That's not really the issue. It's,
2: it's... the simplicity in the beat. The kind of just a little too easy going.
0: It was... But of course there is a reason. No, I understand. I, understand. I, I, I see what you're about to say, Matt. This has kind of come down to content here. There is a reason why it's a little bit more laid back. Because this seems to be... The, how to put it, I've not only achieved something, but for once I don't have to worry anymore. Kind it's, of. Track. Laughing, it's
2: carefree. It's, no, it's laughing at the naysayers.
1: Both. It's it's this carefree nature. Now he's got this. He's in this place where he feels more comfortable. He feels like he can take it easy, and so it gets that very Snoop
0: Lion laid back and roll kind of sound. No, I'll I'll, says, I'll, I'll you know, buy it, this. Yes. I, you know, I'm gonna. Have any of you. Uh, Neither of neither the three of us, I would say, we would classify ourselves as rich. Correct. Right? Have you ever been to someone's house, though, who you know, like, they're reeling in the, in the dough? Yes. yes. Have you ever just sat on that couch and just sort of felt that wash of, like, perfect air conditioning rolling over you, feeling the leather of the couch, and just feeling True story. very relaxed?
2: True story. I walked into a friend's place, and I knew he was very well off, but yep. I walked over to his place, and... For all those really nerds who you know what I'm talking about, I walked by Detective Comics numbers 30 through 40 in mint condition.
0: <laughs> I guess that would be your equivalent of my couch
2: experience. Fair That's enough. okay. You got the first ever appearance of Batman in that. So you've got probably some of the most important comics written <laughs> as far as, you know, comic book goes. Uh, he had Action Comics number one. Like, this guy was walk. I walked by probably about $5 million worth of comics. Ugh, that's... Just into his house. Hermetically sealed. Yeah, I've seen Rich.
0: Yeah, so we immediately jumped to the, li- the line, life is fucking off the chain. I mean, yeah, it's... I guess to some extent, you know, materialism aside, we all kind of hope for that level of comfortability. Yeah, I mean, and that's
1: what this song reflects is a relaxation, and unfortunately, it results in a somewhat bland song, not yeah. ill created, just it's it did it, it, not just not
0: ill conceived, perha- not ill conceived, but perhaps ill ill uh, Execute. executed. Yes. Yeah. So well, the the other songs, ill executed, the, bo- the previous tracks, executes.
2: the previous tracks, even when they get soft, are still kind of pumping. They still get you go- up and going in the blood area. I mean, But well, this song is not to supposed to get
0: you up and going, so it's not I a I think comparison. that's where the
2: problem is. Yeah, well, problem is well, relative to... My, my, well,
0: my critical nose would want there to be some, again, that level of irony here. I would want to say that there is some, <clears throat> some brilliance here in presenting a track that is supposed to embody his ideal, lifestyle. idyllic lifestyle. Idealistic... Lifestyle as something that really isn't that exciting after all, which is why we get such a boring song.
1: Which could
0: be intentional for
1: all we know. We really have no gauge at this point. There's no real way to tell. And if it is, then he's smarter than we give him credit
0: for. Yeah, well, we we go back and forth on this album. I mean, there's moments where I'm 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 shocked, and then there's moments where I'm a little let down. I don't know. At least in terms of the musical end, this is a bit of a letdown. I remember specifically feeling very kind of exhausted by the. the hook on this track where it's just we're showing up showing up showing up showing up yeah they never saw us coming now we're showing up it was i don't know it did nothing too much yeah yeah we can move on to the next track track 10 track 10 is
1: evil you but evil spelled like love backwards uh think for titus fans love is evil so evil you is a song that lyrically is probably one of my favorites for one reason and we'll get to it But it starts off as a song, it's clearly, this is a relationship that was over before the song started, a destructive relationship, and the first verse is from, from Dumbfounded's perspective, coming home from tour, this woman who takes advantage of him, does whatever she wants, uses him, his money, doesn't care about him. And so
0: on. I still have in my head the, the, the chipmunk sounding intro. I never knew what that evil you. <laughs> which, which, <laughs> which is kind a of consist- a, again, melodic. And I, I like um, anything that leaps out from and, the Normans album. And that intro ends up becoming the chorus he
1: sings over later on in the song. It starts as the intro, but then between the verses, it's also the chorus that he sings over the same lines. Yeah. I never knew that evil you. Very monotone. Very almost dead. Second verse, however, is interesting because, as I said, first verse, he's bas- bad-mouthing this woman that he's with for taking advantage of him. Typically, in a song like this, you'd expect second verse, he'd continue with that pattern. But instead, he says, and she said, and then that entire second verse is from her perspective of how he's screwing with her and how he's never there
2: for her and, 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 and so on and so forth. I don't like hate in my music. And this song actually does have a lot of hate venom pouring through it. It's, it gets kind of, you know, mean at parts. But it's also very cathartic because it is both sides of the story. Both people in this case are wrong. We get plenty of, of, of broken love songs about the girl who screwed the guy or the guy who screwed the girl. Or the I'm sorry songs. This is both. This is really... Uh, uh, I mean, this is not unapoli- this is unapologetic. There's no, no, no I'm no, sorry. No, no, uh, even uh, uh, let me finish. <sighs> <sighs> no, no, no. Let me finish. Um, it. This is this is really unique in that respect. That it's it's an angry, angry, angry song. But it's kind of, you know, like I said, cathartic. It's it's working out both
0: sides, and you can see how really both players are at fault here. It's not so much cathartic really isn't the word but i think it's it's i think it's it's evolutionary which i think goes back to the title you as an evol- an evolved person would recognize the the faults on both sides i think that's the sign of an evolved um person uh, in general an evolved certainly an evolved person going into a future another relationship and whatnot if you can look back and find your faults not necessarily apologizing for them but as long as you find them and perhaps the other person finds your fault then this track comes off as yes very evolutionary but i do like the little wordplay off of evil evil you as yeah. in evil you you know you be shamed you be damned you are evil and that's love. that it, is it's triplicate here yeah that, that's one of my favorite word plays in this album actually
1: well i also what i like about this song is that it's unapologetic both sides are not sorry for how what they're expressing and how they feel, of course not. And it's
0: uh, anticlimactic. And what I mean is, there's there is no climax. There's no resolution. Oh yeah, you're you, not you're not don't don't sit waiting through the song for them to you know make amends and say you were wrong, I was wrong. It's just one big John Hughes film. Not no, that. No, not that at all.
2: It's I never knew that evil you. I should have stayed away from you. And that that is the only resolution you will get is that. They should have never been together. It's poison.
1: And that's and that's where the anger is really strong. And, and I understand what John's saying about not liking anger in a song. I actually quite like this song. But I understand because saying something like that, in life experience, life experience is always worth it. And I personally would say that even in the relationships I'd been in in the past that have gone south, I never wished that I didn't experience them. Because I learned something. But these people are saying, they're so full of hate and anger, they wish they never met. And that's an extreme level of anger that you don't really get a lot in music. You don't get it to that extent. No, extreme. I agree. This
0: is a very emotionally charged track, and I think that's why I, I liked this. Um, and I, I held it in, in some of the higher tracks for that reason. Um and I also on a musical level I really liked. there was these horn slash woodwind accents that would occur over the course of these verses and they were they would change up quite quite subtly over the course of the track and it gave the track a very distinctive tone that you know again I I'm looking for musical variety in this album and I'm starting to see uh, see that here and there and when it when it comes it's very poignant um, same goes with that that chip monkey sounding interlude melody. I think that provided a very, uh, almost like a a chorus, and I say that in the sense of like a Greek chorus during a play. Yeah. You know, that it's not really either one. It's that evil you that could be either, from either angle, yeah. from him or from her. Which that is... evil you is just a matter of perspective, so it's like... The, the, the chorus or sirens the powers that be citing what is
1: well and this also very much plays to the idea of there are three sides to every story person one person two and the correct story the truth the actual truth I like that exactly. and that's exactly where this is going you know that idea that the verses are side A and side B the chorus is the truth you me and the truth that should be a film yeah. probably was let's make it it probably let's make is it. a film let's make it guys yeah let's make a movie the audio guys let's who's make you a movie. And who's
2: me we just vamped up youtube so you know that's true I still don't know who you is <laughs> is you is or is you ain't my baby wait what
0: Never mind. Okay. Quoting a very old Segway. song. Um, Segway to Seagulls, yes. which I actually originally thought said se- <laughs> Seagway, Seagulls. <laughs> of course seagulls. So we, we're
1: reaching our third interlude that's very well connected to a song. This is Seagulls. Um, it's seagulls. about 50, 50 seconds or so. It's very pretty and serene. It's exactly what you expect. Seagulls squawking, flying about some serene had this really well, co- this had this show. really cool
0: 80s era synth yeah and almost like the cheesy side of 80s era synth like the kind you'd expect during a Rick Astley um video very
2: much pastel suits I definitely saw some pastel suits being presented here. yes pastel there's like mumbling very, very, in the background or something mm-hmm. sounds there like a, there was a lot going on it felt like
1: you, you know maybe the boardwalk. a boardwalk well yeah boardwalk outside of a restaurant yes. having dinner
2: well I'm near
0: the beach. I can attest As being, a Staten Island local, yes, we have a boardwalk and it is it is a sweet ride every once in a while. Well it sweet walk.
2: There's a uh, what's it called? I can't think of the name of the boardwalk, but I've been to uh, Santa Cruz a few times so they're actually kind of famous boardwalk. Great surf, great everything. Actually it's gorgeous. But this hey, Staten that boardwalk
0: has a history. The
2: this sounds just that race, like yeah. that West Coast boardwalk. Lots of noise, lots of birds going off, but you could definitely hear the background of, you know, human habitation and life going on.
0: Oh, for sure. And I also, well, I mean, I'm certainly not thinking any of the, this is way too much analysis here, but either case, I'm I'm certainly not thinking of the Jersey Shore boardwalks where, where you have a lot of commotion. I think this is much more of the serene type boardwalk, which is why I did go to the Staten Island boardwalk, because there's not much on it. It's just a place for a nice peaceful walk by the, by the water. That's yep. it. This track leads into track
1: 12, West Side, spelled interestingly. You'll see it when you look it up. Um, (laughs) W dollar sign T S D E, Featuring Raquel Rodriguez, who is a gorgeous vocalist who's featured here. Um, I mean, this song for me, I, I didn't really have a lot to say. For it, but not because of any bad reason. I really liked the beat. I thought he had a great <laughs> flow on it. This was one of the best musical moments on the album. One, then, of one of them. And then the chorus with with Raquel singing, I mean, was gorgeous. Beautiful voice, beautiful n- notes she's hitting. And it's just a very well-produced track. I mean, all in all, I just really enjoyed it. It was a very
0: pretty song. It, it was an, I, I dare say, enthralling, solid funk riff. And I, I, I love a good funk riff. Some people say that they're a dime a dozen, but I disagree. I think, I think this was, this just leapt out to me. There's um, almost a lost art to this level of, of, of modern funk, since uh, I feel like, to some extent, it's died out with um, older hip-hop or 70s funk, for that matter. So I was very pleased at that alone. Um, apart from that, it added something else, and that was these, these hooks where everything just swells. The horns jump in. It has a real lift to it. I, f- I felt like the whole entire... Um, the hook sort of embodied some kind of song-of-myself vibe, which, again, was probably the pinnacle, to, to me, the pinnacle musical moment on the album um, in terms of just the chordal changes. It was gorgeous. Now, going toward lyrics... <laughs> it wasn't much. And for this, I was That's actually...
2: I was okay with it. It was about, you know, I got mine, I'm going to take care of my own, and then I'm just going to play. And that's what it is. moving to the west side, moving to the the, the life where toys are Ferraris. Mm.
1: I, I didn't mind that it was lyrically light because, like Steve was saying, it had there that was, beautiful yeah, music, frunk, yeah, The music, music, music took on. the forefront, and I was okay with that. Having lighter lyrics, but the music taking
0: the forefront, and having those beautiful, swelling choruses... Really is what made the song beautiful. I'm so I was almost okay on with the that. verge of saying we're missing something because there's something very redundant about this track, though. In that respect, I mean, this this is the same well, caliber it, of lyrics that we get back to, in uh, back in it, Freedom.
2: There is, it speaks to the promise of uh, 24K Town, and it's saying yes, I'll, I'm going to take care of my promise, but I'm also going to go have fun. I'm going to be out with supermodels and buying all the pretty things and enjoying the high life after, you know, I fill my mama's bank account and my dad's wallet.
0: So it's an integration track, and I guess in some sense we could say that's why it sounds a lot more positive from the musical end because it's not as dull as the materialistic life without substance, you know, but not as, as a little bit downtrodden as the, as the substantial life without some upward motion. You know, I, I see that. I see all of this. It's it's there, it's just lyric wise, I, I you know it's a lot of words that I feel like kind of has been said already to a certain point. Yes. Yeah, yeah. definitely in agreement but on it. That. Certainly if you want to just sit back to a funk groove, which I have no problems doing, the song succeeds. So I think that's a good jumping point out to a much more outlandish track, Damn It Duke. Damn it Duke is
1: is featuring wax. Um, Satira and Matik um, three other rappers they uh, Dammit Duke refers to the producer Duke who helped produce this record we, we're we pretty sure we're pretty sure that's not guaranteed
2: but, but at the same imagine, time so. it's referring to someone who shows up with some really good name your favorite type of drug and multiply it by ten to a party and these guys go and enjoy the drug or what have you and get totally messed up
0: now the music frantic downright frantic this 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 takes the staccatos that you got back in in track two but it's all of a sudden this is not something you can zone out to this is something that you can't help but be jarred by and this time i almost want to say is in the negative sense but of course that's very much intentional here there's these dissonant staccatos just tick 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 all throughout the entire track and uh it just stacks layer on top of layer. I'm I'm on the border saying this is one of the most well-produced uh, tracks on the album from an artistic standpoint, and that's very that's very in, in the off-the-wall direction because you know I love funk grooves and whatnot, but again, that's like they've been done. That's almost a safer route. This is something unlike I've ever heard. This is where you know he pushes the artistic boundaries. I think in a uh, in a direction unproven before
1: yes and also lyrically he does a thing in the uh, bridge and the hook that we've discussed previously where he staggers the 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 hook singing it in a unique style that gives this kind of frantic halting nature to what he's saying as well as the, the style of the song overall definitely and it really pulls you in and it's format wise it's your typical featured artist song not that that's a bad thing but it's you know, it starts with, with DFD singing, and then it goes to each other rapper doing their verse. You, you know, see, that's
0: this, that's the flip side. Yeah. I mean, as much as I may like the concept behind this this odd art piece, uh, there's there's some tropes here. There's some tropes in the lyrical content. So it's this give and take here with a few of these tracks. Well, where verse, you get one, you don't get the other. First
2: one, it's it's. Uh dumbfounded going you're you're gonna love me because of who i am i'm um i'm great i'm everywhere verse two is wax oh
0: it's not even that it's specific instances where it's that that classic trope of of comparison without really much of a premise premise to to do so we crash in it like bandicoot oh okay crash bandicoot i i get it um it's it's LSD like Timothy Leary licking toads. Oh, okay. He did a lot of LSD. I mean you could just find it. I'm throughout... in a league with Nolan Ryan. Yes. I report like Colbert. There's all over this this song. I mean
2: But it's I, you I know, almost want to say the rambly nature of a drug addled
0: fiend. Well it's almost like he's going back on himself. I mean the the the, the immaturity uh rap that I guess I suppose he was um presenting when he was talking about, you know, younger him. I see like coming back to fruition right here in this track, as if I I, I mean no wonder drugs will, will take away your ability to to flow, perhaps. I mean, I'm not saying, because actually a lot of people will argue that. A lot of people will argue that, well, drugs are a mind-opener and whatnot. But that doesn't, I I feel like that's not very conducive to this medium. Well, I think that the idea... This requires too much focus. I feel like the idea here specifically is
1: also this idea of regression. Even when we all grow and advance, sometimes we take a couple steps back, no matter how much of an adult we think we are. And I think that's the real purpose that this song is
0: serving. But is is it really just a, hey, somebody brought a lot of drugs, let's have fun? Kind of thing? Yeah. Part of it, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I so wanted a better answer to that.
2: Well, you haven't done as many as individuals I know
0: of. And that (laughs) I know of. Fair enough. Stop looking at me. Stop looking at me. I'm not even looking at you. You're liar. Yeah, but let's also be clear here. This is not a pot track this would be no, this would be no. a much more mellow track if this was a pot track. So let's not even go in that direction I mean, here. I've this, a is, few angry pops, this is but harsh.
2: Gets really angry. This is
0: harsh stuff. No, nobody gets this frantic on that. Um, and by the way, I found I found one more. Hair up like Goku. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he had his hair up. <laughs> I get it. Right. I just you know there was another browsing like Mozilla. Yeah, of course. They don't stop. they Just keep it coming. So the track after this is called After Two. Wait, wait. I chief more than I Navajo. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. Okay. (laughs) After Two is a
1: very interesting track, because most of the uh, rhyming and flow on this track is very much in the style of a dialogue or monologue. It's very spoken. Almost spoken word. Um, And it, it really boils down to dating difficulty,
0: and the... the the, the problem with no 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 go back to the title after two this is nothing ever happened nothing good ever happens after 2 a.m which may include dating difficulties and whatnot but really like the kind of dating difficulties that come from you know you're calling me and we're about to make a very bad decision because probably someone is drunk or someone is too tired if this is when inhibitions simply release. And I guess and yes, the,
2: the intro, the breakdown really speaks to that. It the lines are it eats away at your brain, as you strain and to try and maintain, you'll feel the same, I'm always to blame. It took my
0: Yeah. That's okay. that's how it kind of exactly cuts, ends it cuts, and goes
2: directly into
0: it's these it's these the very rap. very eerie intro intros which is not it's not him I don't believe it's it's no. a more it's more of a feminine touch but it's it's a it's strange it's like a it's trailed off just as it trailed off um just like you just described it, it eats away at your brain right into... as you strain to try and maintain and that kind of blurs together those four words. And five words, and then you'll feel the same, I'm always to blame. It took my, it just kind of goes in and out, fluctuating. And then, yeah, it took my trails off, abruptly cut off, and then jumps to verse one. Which is, I have to describe the actual uh, verse work and, and chorus work for this track, I'd say, um, I would describe it as very slow chordal shifts, slow and methodical, where on the alternating beat, the alternating chord, it will add this slight, single-note dissonance. And it, it provided, I guess, enough to say, you know, nothing good is really happening. It's slow, it is methodical in its way, the, the plot is unfolding, but nothing, nothing of, of, of any positive fruition. That's the tone I got out of this. Which, is, of course, if you want to interpret dating difficulties, sure. There's plenty of material here to go along with that, but it's, it's more about the bad decisions themselves.
2: It's especially exemplified in verse 2. Ladies, stop complaining when taking the walk of shame, especially when you're out and you're twerking to flock and flame. Please explain <laughs> this, your body language. It changes from playlist to playlist. Play this to my advantage. My Pandora station's got you taking your clothes off. 90s R&B, I swear it's fucking powerful. Yeah, he he he's playing up the, the tropes because women are letting him do this. It's not, you know, dating difficulties is, no, that's a bad idea, you shouldn't really be doing this. And he's explaining what they're
0: actually doing wrong. Well, I could go back, I mean, I still think there's... um. The bad decisions on his own part. Oh yeah, that's the thing. I mean, that's verse one. But I really think, like, the crux of this is the inhibitions are down, and that tends to happen after two a.m. Whether it's as a result of, of, uh, of drunkenness or tiredness. I mean, there is. I I have I have a premise for this, and I I think I have no I have no proof to the matter, but that line, nothing good ever happens after two a.m. I I believe was was coined or at least popularized in a How I Met Your Mother episode. That would be really interesting if that was a head nod to that. But whether it is or not, I I think that's a common common time of day in which people generally acknowledge uh, things should start shutting down, whether they do or not, of course. But this song presents it as such. I mean, there's several instances where it implies that they're already drunk, uh, we could go into the shower just to sober up a bit. Or let's do the total opposite and sip. Again, this is the end of the party. All this stuff, just... See, there you go. They I pulled just it pulled up. it up. It Nothing actually... good ever happens after 2 a.m. I remember it. it. was from a How I Make a Mother episode. but I, It episode may very well have season. existed earlier. But that's just... I th- i think it's either a head on to that or it's a coincidental in, uh, intersection of that, of right. that general I, mindset. I, I believe the concept
1: existed beforehand, but yes, either way, it's very much clearly describing that these are poor choices. I mean, that's even with the final dialogue at the end of the song where he's talking about how they're upset that he only calls after two, yet he met them in Taco Bell mm-hmm. doing God knows what. That's just it. I mean... Again, and you
2: came over that night. Don't forget that last part.
1: Yeah. So that so, yeah. kind of really sums up the whole song in a nutshell.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's just you got to really stress that, that inhibitions being down kind of thing. I think that is what would better sum up this song than uh, simply dating mishaps. That's too broad. So, that leads us to Genghis Khan. Stress on the gang, because that's how it's spelled. So, if there were a
1: classic, um, shredding, um confidence-based...
0: In your face rap song on this album, this would be it. Okay, but this time I don't have to, uh, I don't have to infer that there's irony. There's straight up irony. Oh, yes, Bleeding this track. absolutely. And I mean, first of all, it just starts with the music. The music is almost akin to a demented circus. Yes. I love that metaphor of a demented circus because it, it, I think that's a common, almost a common musical trope, probably starting since, uh, for the benefit of Mr. Kite, but it's, it's almost got that, that, that step to it and um that it's the anthem I said the the music serves to be the anthem of his own I am a gangster rapper kind of song and I yeah. could have not have said that anymore white
1: um he's he's pretty much singing how he's genghis Khan he's this gangster this gangster rapper and you know he's gonna tell you why and he sings about you know his posse and what he's doing and how he's having his way with whatever he wants and being this kind of Genghis Khan metaphor, which is not a good metaphor to make,
2: but that's the point. And it's it's great because he's taking all these great ideas, great metaphors, and screwing them up. Diddy in the club let the crystal flow. Not crystal. Crystal. <laughs> Slow mother effers like escargot. Sleeping on me must be narco Leptic, there's that pause in there. He he's he he misquotes. <laughs> I mean he he draws wrong conclusions from the usage of words. He's trying to be, trying to be, high class. But obviously only just,
0: you know, gangbanger,
2: alpha male.
0: But then again, of course, there's there's always. I mean, no one really thinks of of high rolling gangster rappers as being high class. But certainly, they present themselves as if they were. Yes. Like, they still make use of all the material. You know, they got their Escalade. They got pretty much anything that they're they could coats, possibly get. Bling. Yes, to show that they have made it. Um. But in this particular case, yeah, yeah, he's he's presenting it, which I guess you could say, all right, well, by simply presenting that, then he, I guess, he is a gangster rapper. But the again, the Genghis Khan, to... Say it that way, to use to invoke Genghis Khan's name. I mean, well, I don't know if this is a a, a little a little head nod to his Asian heritage and that people in America traditionally don't associate them in the hip hop community. Perhaps that's part of it.
1: He's this idea or even joke that Genghis Khan might have been the first hardcore
2: thug, you know. That actually, that could be it too. Well, he was the only person. To that's have kind of ironic, actually. actually. In Again, <laughs> Russia.
0: And he did it over, you know, you know... He was the first person to successfully conquer the entire Asian continent, which is not a very easy lot,
2: thing. And a lot, a lot more of Europe than most people give him credit for. It was kind of like in and out though. Yeah. Like spurts of, like, you know, attacks here and
1: there. But right? this idea that he's but as thug and gangster as one of the greatest conquerors... Not
2: just... You gotta remember, according to him, you can't spell gangus without gang. Yeah also ironic silly like I said he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about but that's and that's the point yeah. that's the point
1: that's it I think we've pretty much said all we can say about this song Chicka
2: Bow Wow got your girl down for sex like he's even making fun like part of music yeah
0: and he doesn't get it's I think we can all agree something's a little bit
2: off. <laughs> I love it.
1: I love yeah. it. That's it why, actually it's funny. Well, yeah, but that's why it's funny and catchy because it's it's done in this
2: way. Yeah. He quotes half baked, which I it's really definitely appreciate. one of the sillier tracks on this yeah. album, though. Yes. I'm not like it's not number, not number time, it's one It's kind of scary because like this is the sort of spiel that a lot of you know gangbangers will actually give to impressionable young women, uh, young men, to get them into their gangs. To get them, you know, in the right colors and you know, running errands and progressively becoming, you know, spitting images.
0: Another thing with this track, is it's a very, very long song. I mean, in terms of just the amount of lyrical content he just throws onto the table here. You get one after the other. A Korean Abdul-Jabbar. Don't piss me <laughs> off, son. I got a gift from God. Came up, poor Les Miserables. Me and your hood, it's different, dog. Yo, Mr. Rogers, I'm City of God. It's so ridiculous. This like, is just off the hair? wall. Yeah. This is akin to
1: Macklemore's Thrift Shop, the idea of making a ridiculous song on yeah. an
0: otherwise serious album with its solid arc. I, 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 um, I would argue that Thrift gold Shop gold. was much more on point. Gold. I mean, Thrift Shop was not really hiding behind a lot of iron. They had inserts there where he was pretty straightforward as to what he was saying. White Walls. White Walls was more... Uh, fair enough. <laughs> but anyway
1: this song and thankfully this isn't the final song. It might have left us a little confused
0: on this album if it was the last track. But we do get Well I am going to say the outro. The outro was kind of important here because I actually felt the same awkwardness and the same stagger in this outro. Fee, fi, fo fum. We be starting star we be starting wars for fun as we Why got earlier on. Yeah. As we got earlier on with the um uh with that, that stagger. You gotta finish it, man. You gotta finish it. Oh, if you want to finish, it'd be my guest. I was gonna go back and find that other. Why ones. are
2: you throwing up that peace sign when peace ain't gonna come? It was like the that um.
1: The bridge in. Uh, oh damn,
2: that was cold.
1: Damn, that was Howell cold. Howell ha- yeah. Exactly. And that that outro leads us into um, our closer for the record, "Born for This," which is a sincere slow groove, essentially singing about how he was born to do this. He was Well, born that's why to that's why I
0: highlighted that outro because I think the outro of the previous track serves as a pretty good segue here because it returns to that that I guess I might as well call it the rumination motif running throughout here mm-hmm. which all of a sudden of course will bring him back to himself bring him out of the dream world and the illusion of of being gangster being street cred everything that society expects him to be or what he could be perhaps if he wanted to and back to simply the artist the artist the person the person at work trying to make it for himself born for this I was born to basically rap and it's a I find it to be a good companion
2: both in theme and in style, for Clear.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: It makes
1: the album come very much full circle.
2: At the same time, it's definitely not even close to my favorite song on the album.
1: No, but it's a good bookend and a great closer because it makes the album cyclical. It really does wrap up nicely to Clear.
0: Musically, I really love the saxophone in this track. It was smooth. Much smoother than, I think, any other track on the album.
2: Not really prevalent in the other tracks, though. It kind of... Well, it was for this track. It was was behind everything else. Yeah, Yeah, well, it it came and
0: went, but this this time, I mean, well, the saxophone is the instrument to choose if you want to be smooth, and uh, I I think there's just much more of an air of satisfaction to this track, which is why it's perfect to invoke that. That's a good way. And that's the idea
1: that he's going for because he's pretty much rapping about how he was born to do this. Yeah. He's
0: satisfied with where he is. Yep. So... Who is first? I'll start. Yeah, and we we don't have a precedent for being last now because technically it was neither of our albums. That and Steve has
2: to start every week, unless it's his pick, and even then we sometimes try to get him to start.
0: I feel like that changes every few months or so. We yeah, usually phases. someone
2: else gets yeah. the rap of starting every week. The rap. <laughs> Dumbfounded. Um, kind of wish I'd known him years ago. I really enjoyed this album. It probably would have kept me in hip-hop a lot more if I heard stuff like this, uh, only because I love the style of his singing. I love the style of his rapping. That's the biggest draw for me here. Uh, very quick, very concise. He doesn't waste syllables. He doesn't waste time. He is clear, yet speed is a major factor here. And that, that is very telling of someone who knows their craft. Um, the beat-wise, there were a lot of highlights, and you don't really get highlights nowadays. You, you get a lot of the same stuff being done with a little bit of interspersed, you know, almost pseudo-solo work. At the same time, it, it does have a lot of that, you know, sameness to it, that standardized beat work that you you, you'd really do expect with uh hip-hop in general um but it's more than offset by the candor that he puts into his music i agree he's he's really upfront, and that is one of the most important aspects with any artist but when it comes to a medium like hip-hop which is so ridiculously lyrically heavy uh you can't be sp- uh, spouting fantasies or just, you know, baller lifestyle or whatever the the, the hell you want to throw. This has a lot of grit, a lot of candor, and a lot of soul in it. Um, not the best stuff in the world, but really, really, really nice. And there was a couple of things that really turned it on its head. Uh, 24K Town was just a preemptive apology. It was a little bit different in that way. Shotgun was you know a drug-induced fling that ended up being the companion for your life and Evil You was a, a, a great yet really, really vile combination that just worked so well. It, it did have some things that you don't expect. It's a four. It's a solid four-star album. Uh, While parts approach groundbreaking, nothing really was. And there's some tracks like uh, West Side or um, even even Clear and Born for This weren't the most out there. And Damn It, Duke just kind of was tropey a little bit too far for me. But yeah, four-stars. Um,
1: okay, I'll go next. So, I mean, for me, this is pretty much everything I'm looking for in a rap record. I mean, it didn't hit every single note. It's not Macklemore and Ryan Lewis, but nope, not not. I don't really think anything's going to be for a long time. I'd be scared. It it it's a very specific level. That said, though, I've been listening to a lot of hip hop lately to the point where Sarah is like, "You do listen to other things besides hip hop, right?" Um so I've clearly been on a kick. Um so this was a pleasant surprise since none of us had picked it. Um I mean, it's got it's got great focus. He's he's got a great thematic arc going. He's got a great great grasp on emotion and how to express himself. It's very personal. There's enough comedy to get you entertained and laughing. Um there are so many songs where Where I really got into the lyrics he was writing. I mean, 24K Town, we've already spoken to to death, but I mean, even Huell Hauser, Stereo Jack. I mean, as a music fan, like, if my car stereo was jacked and they took my iPod, I'd be crushed. Horribly so. So the moments of finding humor in the tragedy, I really get, because otherwise you go insane if you can't find humor in those moments. But he really is a solid rapper. Who knows how to rhyme, and makes good beats. His lyrical content is undeniably great. Some of the beats were great, some were good. But for enjoyment's sake, it hit all the right notes, especially since it hit enough of lyrics and emotionality and arc that I can forgive it being a little lighter musically. So I'm on the same page with John. This is a solid four. He knows what he's doing. It's nothing to sneeze at. And I look very much forward to going back and listening to his old stuff. Because I really, really enjoyed this record.
0: I think that this is the type of album that really grew on me after Critical Analysis. Which is why I think we do what we do. Because I think there's a lot of... There's always stuff to gain from... Music, no matter what your personal bias is or no matter how it might sound on the surface or even on, even on a single listen, two listens, sometimes you really have to sit there and analyze. Uh, hip-hop lyrics specifically are the kind of thing that can either go back and forth, the kind of thing that either they want so much emphasis on the content or they just want you to focus on flow and kind of just be impressed by the rhyming scheme itself. It's obviously so much more impactful when there's actually a a a substance behind that. When the the flow is just in in a poetic or an artistic superimposition on top of something that's otherwise much more much more grounded in reality. People want to connect. And I think this is an album that people will connect with. Obviously that that's People might think that's irrelevant considering that this is about um about celebrityhood to some degree or about the kinds of experiences or or regrets that one might experience on their road to celebrityhood. But you know what? It doesn't matter whether you haven't necessarily experienced that. We all want something better for ourselves. I think it's pretty important to consider what you would do regarding your friends, regarding decisions you've made in the past if that ever were to happen to you, because we all hope for something better. So, considering that he's speaking as a person of wisdom in this regard, I think it's something that we should all pay attention to. There's some tracks here where on the musical front it's a little weak, I'm gonna be blunt. Uh, Specifically in the beginning, I could have really taken or left left many of those those backbeats Because some of this stuff is kind of a dime a dozen, you know, that you can apply them to almost any rap song. I'm not sure the early backbeats could really be applied to the, you know, or so closely um, applied to the music, to the lyrical content. Starting around the middle of this album, I think that starts to clear up. Which is why, again, critical analysis will reveal this for any listener. So once you get to the middle and around the end, this stuff is thoroughly intertwined. The album, the, the theme of the album starts to become intertwined. Uh, where he's coming from as an artist, and his his flow starts to become a lot more uh, a lot more focused rather than just by chance or the medium style that he's chosen. So yeah, I think this is the mark of of an artist on his way, I, and I think this album really didn't have any any moments on it. Apart from just one question, Mark, that we've left un, un, uh, un, un, un attacked, and I will just address that to you guys before I make my, my official wrap-up. Birthday song.
2: Uh, birth, a birthday song I actually do think connects great with Clear, and that Clear is a celebration for all that he's accomplished so far. And, and your birthday right is the raw celebration
1: anyone
0: can have. It's, it's literally here, the celebration of your life. And well, I think it's also the clues, uh, choosing that particular um, instance, which is JFK, the president. Yeah, a pr- it's a person who's obviously gone to the top. High class. Yes.
2: And
1: who's being
0: sang to by Marilyn Monroe. Precisely. So, and if yeah. If to you, you've made it. I think that... Um, I had already kind of suspected as much, but I just wanted you to. Uh,
2: no, no, that. we agree. Extrapolate, yeah. Yeah. which
0: otherwise, which basically leaves no more questions on the album. The theme is very tight, and in this case, I'm willing to say that theme will, uh, theme and lyrical content will supersede certain lapses in music, which otherwise have powerful moments in the backdrop of his pretty impressive wordplay. It's a focused album. It's a mature album. Uh, I I was genuinely impressed by it. It's a four. I, I, can, I can't. I would, the only reason that I'm not even putting it higher is because um, is because sometimes you, you you want to explore something a little bit more in depth. He comes at some, something from a variety of angles, and I think I just answered my own question. Four two. I'm giving this a four two, leaving it at that. He did come at this from a variety of angles. I was about to <laughs> search for an instance in which he didn't, but he did. So there you are.
1: All right. Wow, a hip-hop album
2: that Steve rated higher than we did. I'm thinking about changing it to a 4.25 because yeah, he he gave some points and I I'm going to be retroactive here. Don't feel obligated to change like we did, <laughs> but I'm giving it a 4.25. It is a it is a lot better than what you expect well, of for the 3 range, but it is a little bit better than just, you know, a great album. Well, let's talk about this then, if because if he if
0: you're uh, a great change... great is four five and up. I still don't think like this is not this is not coming to me personally on every single. Okay, really instance. good.
1: I meant really really good. Well, let me All let right. me let me talk this out though, because if John's changing his his vote, I want to attack this and make sure I'm not overlooking something. The reality is, I do lo- I do enjoy every track on the album, and even the ones that you guys didn't like,
2: I still enjoyed. Well, I I got a reason why I don't know if you should raise it. And if you're going to take it from kind of like your your satirical role at this point, because we you, you don't really bother with the roles anymore, I really didn't connect with it emotionally too oh, heavily. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it
1: it was lacking a little emotion, a little bit of emotion in certain points.
2: I think that's its biggest problem. I wasn't really... Because Shotgun was really good. Well, that's the Evil risk you run when really really you're doing good, a very personal
0: album, though. Personal albums... You know, aren't really going to be t- their point is not to tug your heartstrings. Sometimes they can by chance, if you happen to cross paths with them. but it's all about their instance. So I mean, uh, their I think emotions.
1: that I, I do have to give it enough credit, though Steve is right. It does come at it from multiple angles, and I think giving it just a four puts it on every level with the same people who do just enough before that next step. Yeah. And they did and he did a little more. So I'm bumping it up to a 4.1. Cuz he did. He did get to he's above a 4. He's not just really good. He's approaching great. He's not there yet, but he's definitely approaching it. So 4.1 just so in case when you're listening back you can remember actually the scores yeah. we gave. Well, he should be
2: writing good. this down cuz he fills in all of our scores and like we've, we and keep changing it, and besides, I couldn't let Steve give a hip hop album higher than me.
0: See, he thinks he thinks this way. At this point, I, I think I very straightforward and logical. At this point, anyway, no I do want to say, I want to say overall, buy it. it. It's a buy it. Definitely <clears> worth
1: hearing if you like hip hop at all. And even if you're on the fence about hip-hop, this is definitely an album worth listening to because there's I, I a lot would, of great stuff. I would imagine... By the way, I'm
0: back at 4-1, though, just because it, that it, what I just described is the mark of just a, a, a barely better than. 4-2 would imply other things. And I Music has back, a lot of work to do. I'm
2: going to go back to something else. Buy one or two of the songs that we raved and see if you'll like the whole album from yeah. that. I it's, think that might be the we, best way. Okay, it,
0: final, final round here, though. I'm a 4-1. Matt's a 4-1. I'm 4-1. a quarter you're four and a quarter i'm All right. i'm confirming I'm right. uh, confirming my secondary idea there we go
1: okay um <laughs> definitely though check it out on his bandcamp page you can get to it through dumbfounded.com um the bandcamp page allows you to purchase the individual songs or the whole album for straight up 10 bucks um it's definitely worth checking out we can easily post links to it on the uh post when it goes up which i'm sure steve will um I do also want to say, in case I forget later, I want to thank D again for recommending this album. Thanks, man. We we all really got something out of it, so thank you for that.
0: Um, we've had recommendations in the past that didn't go over this well, so thank you. Okay, so that, that leads me into something I just want to discuss because I think it's related to today's album. I think there's a, a huge emphasis within the... Uh, hip-hop community, and of course I would not be so bold as to talk about hip-hop community in the broad, but there is a little factor here, which I think is, is, is commonly emphasized in hip-hop music, and that is the idea of cred. The idea of cred, that you have to have some kind of credibility, whether it is a mark of where you came, where you have come from, what you were on the streets and where you've arrived and and I I, I want to just kind of discuss as to why this is so prevalent within the community. We can, uh, we can state the obvious reasons, which is that, of course, it's born out of a, a a lifestyle which was in a state of struggle, born out of more inner-city urban environments that were struggling at that point. So, yes, there is that initial moment, but why has that persisted throughout the entire genre when, of course, the genre can do so much else?
2: I have I have two sides to that coin. One is it actually Good. has gone down. Credit has become less the factor because it's, That's true. it's available to so many different people just to be able to present these ideas. And we've talked about this at length, that the technology is out there. Blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, it's it's almost like it's the old guard. The first and second generation hip-hop artists where they're the ones that talk about it and you don't really hear it
0: as much anymore. Well, it has gone down and I agree and that's one reason why I, I, I really do keep this album from approaching the upper echelon, even on the theme sense, only because, you know, I do see it, as much as he stated it in a very original way, I do see the, the core concept of emphasizing that cred and emphasizing his, his I'm on the way to the top as a little bit redundant in the field. You know, that's why we rated Macklemore so highly is because, of course, he steps out of it. He talks about other issues. There's, like, one track in the song where he discusses um, that. I mean, excuse me, one ten, track on the album. 10,000 well, Hours. Yeah. Well, also, the idea of credit
1: is kind of archaic and the fact that a lot of talented musicians take what they know from their past but not necessarily hip-hop's past to evolve we had lewis logic as a guest who talks about when he was trying to mimic this cred this knowledge of hip-hop that he had he ended up sounding like someone that wasn't him but when Mm -hmm. he truly based his music and songwriting in what he grew up with regardless of his hip-hop cred just what he grew up with what he listened to the classic rock and all of that stuff that his mom and dad introduced him to. It was more <clears throat> natural. That was more natural, and that was where he evolved. The idea of nerdcore, the reason nerdcore flourishes the way it does in the hip-hop community, and it's become more than just a trope, and it's an actual <coughs> excuse me genre, is because the idea of nerdcore rap is that all you need to be a nerdcore artist is to be a nerd. You don't have to rap about nerdy things. It's just the idea that you don't need to be a gangbanger or someone who grew up in the projects to write
0: rap. All you have to be is someone who writes rap to write rap. And that's but that's just why I feel is a little you know that's 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 emphasizing the archaic quality of of cred there is because you know that that almost seems like it would prevent you. From I, making I have those, to para- those wait, strides.
1: I have to paraphrase. You don't have to be a nerd to do nerdcore. The idea of nerdcore is just people writing hip hop for the sake of writing hip hop. A lot of it is. Very much approaching writing about games and writing about books or whatever else. But it's just this idea that it's approachable from every angle and you don't have to be the classic idea of hip-hop to still
2: write rhymes. And I'm going to do Steve's job and approach this from a devil's advocate point of view. Oh, And that is, there are so many people out there that we don't like. And we really don't know why. And it it a lot of times. I mean, when we look at a lot of the not just hip hop, but hip hop, pop, hip hop, pop, rock, monstrosity fusion stuff, and that's because they don't have that credibility because they do have that kind of manufactured idea. I'm talking about the the the. Bibers and the Beavers and all that sort of stuff.
1: I have something that supports John's theory. Yes. Limp Biscuit. There you go. Limp Biscuit and Fred Durst, the biggest complaint about him in the beginning, even though I do have their first two records and enjoy them, the reason that they tapered off and the reason a lot of people stopped liking them is this lack of credibility. This idea that he didn't know how to rhyme. But it was less about his credibility in the state of hip hop and more his credibility. As, As a rapper. The fact that he didn't know how to write rhymes. And he he did the typical bad rapper trope. He rhymed the same word with the same word. That's a that's big not, faux pas. That,
2: that, that has not been a bad rapper trope in years. Because people don't do it anymore. Well, most people don't know that there's a difference between pair and pair anymore. But that's besides the point. The The issue is because people, like whether they call it cred or paying your dues or something like that... If you don't actually have like something in you that makes you into a musician, if it is kind of just, you know, glamour and screenshots, it kind of can bleed through in the actual presentation of the music. Mm. That's why there's a, a lot of just, it doesn't matter who or what. You the, auto c- you, you're talking about the, so the many.
0: concern about the self-concern about speaking from the soul no, no, I'm talking about just the auto-hate that happens
2: when a new boy band or girl band or something like that comes out. We automatically decry it. I don't mean Well, no, well but that's but, just but it. But I deciding... think we,
0: we we decry it because we assume that it is manufactured. We assume that there is very little soulfulness in there, even though it may appear that way on the surface. And so we... may, perhaps I, I'm proposing, I, I'm assuming that you're proposing that the reason credibility, the reason that cred exists is to sort of prove that there is truth exactly. and soulfulness behind.
2: I mean, I spent years and years because I was a stupid teen going uh, the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC and all of them were crap. But we did get Justin Timberlake and I never would have envisioned Justin Timberlake to be the as good an artist as he is. Well, but... <clears throat> Like, like it- I think what you're speaking to is the idea of cred
1: shouldn't be so much street cred or cred in hip-hop. It's The idea of cred is just this, your credibility to yourself. That's it. The idea that if you're a musician, you're a musician who honed his craft and does what he does because he wants to do it and because he loves doing it. The lack of credibility comes from the pre-processed garbage from people who do Don't do it for the art or don't do it for they just want money. They just want to be famous. The idea of being famous is a modern concept. People wanted to do a thing and then they might get famous. Now, it's I
2: just want to be famous, which is an empty concept. Mm. That entire statement is exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. It's a prejudgment because they don't seem to have the credibility because they don't seem to have you know oh they spent years learning how to play the guitar so that they could you know write their own music or come up with their own lyrics it's someone was maybe raised in you know really nice part of Connecticut and had a great life and went to private school and is now talking about you know heavy emotional turmoil and things like that meanwhile the worst thing that's ever happened to them is you know paper clap. like it's that sort of thing that we just auto assume and it's kind of messed up and it's it's something, like, we, we talk about it a lot. Like, we hate pop, we hate pop, we hate pop. Well, we don't say that outright anymore. Because, to be frank, we don't really hate pop. We hate pop the presentation trope. of pop.
0: Yeah. But you could turn the devil's advocacy right back around on that. Because, to some extent, the concept of, of cred again could could come back to your desire to use cred for your own devices in other words people expect it therefore you must provide it so it has very little to do in that case the cred itself isn't really about you know doing anything for uh for yourself it's about doing more for the public than it is doing for yourself mm. and that itself is the trope but that also is becoming less and less true every day because there's access for
1: people who want a thing and you don't necessarily have to cater to what's popular no, that's
0: just that you can't you don't have to pr- uh cater to anything you yeah. don't have to cater to it so that's why it, it almost frustrates me to some degree why there's still that inclination there oh okay well
1: i get that but that's not really a thing we can answer it's just a thing that society first of all if we know anything right. about human americans american human society because it's all i know anyway we're a little slow to get moving on certain views and modernizations we don't <laughs> no kidding. yeah i could use my incredulous voice but i won't but we're not Aww. so quick we're not so quick to jump
0: to the logical next step in improving society for everybody well i had a, i had a little reason for this and it had to do with um for bringing this up and that, that had to do with my my experience in listening to this album i i i didn't want to betray my initial thoughts as I was going through this album, um, so I think I, that's why I'm bringing to to the to the table now. Because obviously, after an, a critical analysis, this album became very unified to me. So there became clear reason as to why there was the push to to draw in credibility and whatnot. Because that that's the theme. That's uh, it's it's linked with his his road to stardom. But just at the outset, the the choice in in introducing that as an album is almost, it's kind of gone by the wayside these days, the concept that that your art needs to be a discussion about your road as an artist, which is very self-commentating, which almost takes away from what the art is at its core and people can argue I agree that that is art at its core and there's always this this constant level of of, of self commenting on your own road that art is just an expression of, of our progress as human beings so if that's your progress and that's what you want to discuss sure but I'm asking if there's something more at the center well there's also the aspect that one of the things we liked about this
2: album was it was candid it was upfront, it was personal and that comes with right, which is like a separate self... kind of thing. But that also is related to that self commentary. You gotta explain the road before you can explain how it impacted you, how it changed you as a person. And yes, if some of it comes off as I'm pretty awesome, well, you got something to back it up, and I think he kind of did. I th- I think there was some backup. Right, to but it's just that... the
0: case that this entire album is is that is the art. That is the art. Is is your is your road as an artist. So again, inevitably, he's walked into a uh, a cyclical pattern of, of self commentary.
1: Right, but the album was meant to be cyclical, so.
0: Right, but I'm only proposing that this is not the only album that's done this. A lot of albums are about oh, the yeah. on the road. Think of the just the albums that we've reviewed in our in our span of reviewing here. We we've had so many albums that are basically the story of myself. You know, um, Beyonce's album was clearly many at many points about her road as an artist and also as a human being um it's kind of like i'm again searching for that next step that concept that what is behind the artistic presentation of your road to artistic presentation every good story and music is it's a story i
2: will always attest to that has a, at least a kernel of truth has something to build its foundation on. If it goes extremely personal, and we're going to go back, I'm going to link this back to credibility. If you go with something extremely personal, I mean, you're already presenting something that, one, you can talk about, obviously, if you're trying to actually produce it as a sure. media, but two, is going to inherently have something to it that can reach out and touch somebody else. And just the, the fact that you can talk about your life. I mean that's actually why this has street cred. It is about his life, and that's one of the aspects that I actually really like about it.
0: No, and it is it is strong, and in many ways, uh-huh. I guess it is kind of the next evolutionary step fra- after the fact of art at its core, or art for the sake of art, as it were, because that's really what existed before. And as we are in the midst of an era of postmodernist thinking, yeah, I guess that that really is. That is the evolution. But maybe in, in, in a way I almost see this as a phase. You can only be self-commenting so long before you have to return to what the art is.
1: Well, also remember that when it comes to... It doesn't diminish
0: the... it, though. I'm not, I'm not accusing it that.
1: Well, also remember when ultimately it ultimately comes to the credibility of an art, rarely does the artist decide how credible his art is. Usually mm. it's the fan. A uh, pen ultimately, in this conversation of credibility, it is not up to the musician. The musician puts the work out there. They could truly believe they're credible. It's for the audience to decide if they are. That's true. And, and, and I think that's, that's really the freedom we've gotten with, especially the Internet and this expansive access, has really given the power back, or they may have always had it, to the fan. To decide where that credibility lies.
2: And that's a whole different argument that we can go into. Um, Put that re- in the back
1: burner. I like yeah, that. I like that I, like that.
2: I want that one next week.
1: Um, we'll re-listen.
0: Why don't we uh, go into our spammy mail of the week? Fair enough. I think you provided a good conclusion uh, to today's conversation. And I, I, we do only let you provide conclusions. Because I never present any, any. I never Finalizing. pose any questions. Yes, I only pose, uh, pose concepts that have no answer. I I like the open-ended questions, so, you know, you're as good as creating a period at the end of the sentences as there can possibly be. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you.
2: And yet, now I think Steve's just stalling
0: for time to try to find the email. Probably. Oh, pshaw. (laughs) Wait, hold on. I was trying to think of whether pshaw would be very close to being spam anagrammed (coughs) if I just inverted the M. Then I would have pshaw within spam. It'd be cool. Still stalling. I have made a decision to conclude my burnout from writing. 1,000 word items for the whole period of recently concluded FIBA Asia Championship. I imagine it's all in the brain, and even though this was the best one particular of all the four FIBA Asia tournaments, I have ever the complete experience fried my brains and my voice, especially throughout the gold medal match. By Spain 2014 World Cup Qualifying Group. Wait a minute. that's very on topic. No, but that's <laughs> very. Talking, that's two different
2: groups, the sporting groups, and you're talking the, the Spain would never root for anything Asian, not in a world setting. They're kind of snobby like that. Sprots.
0: I mean, Sprots. Means Sprots. Spain, Spain's <laughs> got its soccer. Or I, football. I, 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 don't, I don't know the Sprouts. Yeah, we know Steve. Well. You don't know sports. It's funny. Like very they, well, the Sprouts. Um, but, they,
2: but they would <clears> never root for somebody else. That's just ridiculous. Thanks.
1: Thanks for that, John. You're welcome. Totally noted. So, before I get into what we're doing next week, which is my choice, a few things up front. We're very excited. We announced it on the Facebooks and on the Twitters, but I want to announce it here on the podcast. I assume you got into the podcast through our website. Had you not, had you been a subscriber for a very long time through our iTunes, please go to CrashCords.com. Steve worked really hard to revamp a new look for the site. It's a lot more coherent and sensical, which for us is a shocker. Please <laughs> and, go check
2: it out. And Matt did a
0: lot that's of work on it. That's something people associate me and with. And I see. made
2: commentary in the background and said that should go there. And that's about my contribution.
1: And John is working on content for the future of the website. i Also, check out our YouTube page, Crash Chords, on YouTube. The Twitter, the Facebook. We also have a donate button on the website. This is important because this isn't free. I pay for a URL. We have other stuff. We have to buy the albums. It's not cheap. It's not free. We use Spotify, which also we pay
0: for. But we do so love giving you content. And we do. For absolutely free. Two hours of content every week. We have a goal. We have a mission statement. And... Uh, coinciding with the revampedness of the site. It is now front and center. I I do encourage you to read it. If
2: we were BBC, we would give you eight hours a year and you would like it. The point is, this
1: isn't free for us. And we appreciate doing it free for you. If you felt so much as to donate, we'd greatly appreciate it. Whether it's just $5 here or you can sign up for a monthly donation. Either way, every little bit will help. We can get better microphones. We can get more artists on, we can travel to meet artists, all that stuff to bring content to you guys, which we love doing, so help us out. Um, Finally, this was a a fan review. Um, My coworker submitted this. If you want us to review a specific album, post it on the Facebook page, tweet it at us, send an email, any way you want to contact us, but send us your requests, we're happy to review them. We get enough of them, we'll do a review month. In fact, I'm saying it, if we get four reviews, Anytime soon, and we have a stack of four reviews to do, we will do a,
2: a, fan, a fan appreciation month. So stack and them up. You can even say that if we think it sucks, we won't review it. So we'll listen to it first, and we think it sucks, this way your name won't be on it or anything like that. Uh, no, that's not true. If you submit an album, we're reviewing it. <laughs> no, no, no. Just
0: they should in have mind. that option. But again, the concept behind the whole mission statement is that No matter what you want us to review, even if you think it sucks, we would be very excited to tackle it and to see exactly what might suck about it. Why does it suck? Why does it fail as art as we see it or as you see it? Or what what could possibly
2: be that tiny little putty boy glimmer of hope strut in the album?
0: That's just it. We are curious about these questions, and we encourage you to be curious about these questions. And then... Ooh, excuse me. Um... And, and
1: finally also if you are listening to us on iTunes please write a review give us a star one star five star whatever just give us a review it helps us get featured if we get featured we can get advertising and pe- more people will know about the podcast and then we can afford more equipment and better equipment and, and, more blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah 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 blah.
2: and then you get a better podcast so it'll become two stars
1: um, so thank you for listening uh, so my choice you get for, it yet? <laughs> our, our, my choice for next week is actually something unique we have not done this yet. We've talked about mashups before when we had Roberta with the rest of the Wasties on. Mashups had come up briefly when we were interviewing them. This idea of taking existing content that's not yours and putting it together to make something new. Well, Neil Siserga, who is best known for Lemon Demon, who did the uh, Ultimate Showdown of Ultimate Destiny, and the Potter Puppet Pals, which anyone who likes Harry Potter is very familiar with, he's done the music for all of that. Has put out his own mix album, his own mashup album, called Mouth Sounds, featuring a number of artists between Rob Thomas, Smash Mouth, Modest Mouse, A lot of Franz Ferdinand,
2: Franz Ferdinand, and so on. Daft Punk. The one hit wonders of the late nineties, early two thousands.
1: He's uh he he mashed this stuff up together. It's a seventeen track album. I've heard it before. It was recommended by Mary actually. And I'd heard it, and after listening to it, I realized it's quite unique, so that's what we're going to do next week. It's going to be interesting to see how we rate it, because it's not, it's original material that wasn't original material. If I could sing along to it, that's definitely a point in its favor. <laughs> so check out, check us out next week for that, um, because, you know, we like you guys checking in. That was kind of shallow of me, though, right? A little bit, yeah, you're I'm a little, just but just a little shallow. you are a little I'm shallow, rigid.
2: though. But yep. that's because you're not a pool. But that Okay.
1: <laughs>
2: and no, on that is Steve's job. Don't take his job away. <laughs> and on that note, that's, that's right.
1: very surprising and entertaining what note. Remember everybody, music is life. And, and life, life is good. good.